This is an Area Code podcast. Bethany, did you see we got like two two new patrons i know we're up to 18 dollars now we are screwed we're the we're like mcduck or whatever (laughs) what who's the guy that's in the in the coins it's uncle scrooge that's scrooge mcduck we're scrooge mcduck we we swim in money (laughs) okay Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We can't stop talking about the Enneagram. So we decided to start a podcast where we get it all out of our system. We're not experts. We're just obsessed. It's No Chill Enneagram. A safe space for Enneagram fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. everybody welcome to no chill enneagram i am richard clark your co-host along with the one and only indubitable <laughs> bethany perkins bethany wow. how, how's it going good how does feeling, it feel to be indubitable it feels pretty indubitable I have to say. Okay, well, that's, you, that's like that's like a defining word with the word. So the thing is, I don't know what that word means. So, <laughs> undoubtable. Oh, look it. Is that what it means? I don't know what it means either, but it's just fun to say. So, dube. I'm, I'm typing. Impossible to doubt. Yeah, okay. To I should have just trusted to you. Doubt. Unquestionable. Maybe that's why I have so many six friends. I like how so far it just sounds like we're not acknowledging Amanda's presence on the show. <laughs> we're, just we're not going to, actually. Over her. She's just here to Google words for us. <laughs> and like speak into our brains as we talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I will be your pocket dictionary. <laughs> Great. Our guest for today is Amanda Beck. Amanda, tell us a little bit about you. You do a lot of stuff. You have a book. You have a podcast. You have a Twitter account. I have an Instagram account. An Instagram account. I sure do. Okay, so here's Facebook. Here's the thing. At church, Mm -hmm. I'm Amanda Beck. In the wilds, I am Amanda Martinez Beck. Ooh, sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I I don't want to be confused with the porn star. So, oh Oh, no. Oh no! No or, one Google Amanda Beck. I think it's erotica authoress. So okay, okay. I wish her well, but I speak for yourself. <laughs> so wait, her her name is Amanda Martinez Beck. No, that's my name. Her name. Oh. oh. <laughs> I just am like, why is it different at church? <laughs> oh, I see. No, like. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm um, when I'm not um, like when people just call me, oh, there's Amanda Beck, mm-hmm. right? I have yeah, I have like friends. it's like professional. It's like how my friends sometimes call me Rich, but they should. What, what do you prefer? I actually need to know. Richard, you prefer mm-hmm. Richard, but I'm in the He's good Richard. Place. Yeah, I prefer yeah. Richard. I used to like Rich, but I'm an old, I'm, I'm an old man now, and I deserve respect. <laughs> <laughs> I've always yeah. called you Richard. I, I prefer Doctor okay, Richard well, that, Clark the Third Esquire. You can't have that. <laughs> and I okay. prefer Princess Bethany <laughs> <laughs> the first. So. All right, so first okay. we just need to say that everyone should go check out our Patreon. Guys, come on. If you're not a Patreon yet, Patreon patron yet, patron. what is your problem? Yeah. The Patreon what? is the best way to get stay up to date <laughs> with all of our nonsense rantings about things like, for instance, <laughs> the Enneagram. <laughs> Wow. The mar- marriage story, the movie, and the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, more from Beth McCord. Something about politics from Michael Ware. It's yeah. all there. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's all there at No Chill Enneagram 
the Patreon. So <laughs> to be clear, it's not all there yet, but it will be. I think so. by the time this goes up, it will all be there. Okay. Bethany. Oh, yeah. You're right, actually. So, patreon.com slash nochillpodcast. Uh, if you've already gone and done it, good job. Gone and done it. I hope it. you're proud of yourself. I was just about to start singing Like Shania that. Twain. Guess I'm selling the Patreon. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, in conclusion, patreon.com slash nochillpodcast. Maybe we'll uh, talk more about Shania Twain on there someday. I bet we probably will. And listening to her entire back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good way to spend time, for sure. Yeah, I, I think agree. So. I love Shania Twain. This is very hard for me because, Amanda, you sound just barely a little bit unlike Bethany, but mostly like Bethany. <laughs> and so when you, when you speak, it's voice. hard for me to know. Well, so yeah. what if I just put in some accent, like Texas accent? Will that help? <laughs> Shania Twain accent. Well, yes. she's from is that Canada. Your, oh, my gosh, guys. The other day, my mom sent me this video that... that <laughs> She stumbled upon of my 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 band performing when I was like eighteen <gasps> oh or sixteen gosh. or something, and uh, and I have the most. It, it's just humiliating on several levels, but um, like accent is unbelievable. Hmm. I didn't oh, know it was I ever hear that it. bad. It still is. Patreon. That's here, how can, you get pears. That's true. Here we'll just clip. <gasps> Share it on our Patreon. I think that's why. This is what we sound like. That's me. Oh my god! That's amazing. Oh yeah. Um, what's the name again? What? Shanda Wilson. It's your birthday today. Little, Little baby, baby Richard. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. We need to do a podcast. This we has do. gone off the rails. Wow. Yeah. So I was introducing myself. Um, yes, Amanda. Tell my us. name is Amanda Martinez Beck. My I am a fat activist, and I have um, a book out called Lovely: How I Learned to Embrace the Body God Gave Me. And then mm-hmm. I am the fat person behind the Instagram account, Your Body is Good. So. Love it. Love and I also it. am like married with a family and stuff. You and Bethany are going to unite against me on this podcast. Why do no. you assume as, that we would do that? As fellow twos. That's what twos do. No. We I just, know, I'm just kidding. Richard, just kidding. we just love everyone and are just nice to everyone <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. So. Every episode, we we ask um, our guest how bad has it gotten in a segment we like to call How Bad Has It Gotten. How bad has it gotten? How bad has it gotten? That's amazing. Is that Crispin? <laughs> no. no. That's Richard. That's, That's Richard. Me. Yeah. That's me. Who's Crispin? Crispin Mayfield. Crispin Mayfield, DL's husband. I'm, genuinely honored by that mistake oh well cool i'm glad you're complimented (laughs) yeah i love i'm like a huge crispin fan so um yeah i feel good about that that misunderstanding (laughs) well that was that was delightful it's gotten really bad um up over here i analyze what everybody's number is and my friends Uh are tired of it a lot and I <laughs> type every character in every movie that I ever watch. So, so um, when was the last time someone yelled at you for <laughs> talking about the Enneagram too much? <laughs> um, so when you're a two, nobody has to yell at you. They just have mm-hmm. to kind of look disapprovingly at you and mm-hmm. you feel rejected. They so, just have to roll their eyes. Yeah. At you. And that hurts as much as it getting yelled at as a four. It's it's been recent when I I was being interviewed yesterday and someone didn't know what I was talking about and I was like never mind I don't feel like wasting the energy to explain the enneagram to you what is happening to <laughs> yeah <me?"> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I try and um, be really self conscious about it like 
or I guess maybe self-conscious isn't the right term. I try and be really conscious of these days about if I'm, if I really need to bring up the Enneagram this Mm -hmm. time, that's kind of where I'm at now where I'm like, I ask myself that question before I jump into it. (laughs) Yes. But I get really excited when other people. So like, um, I met my new boss the other day and he was like, do you guys know what the Enneagram is? And I about like flew out of my chair. Boy, do I. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, howdy. Do I know what the Enneagram is? (laughs) So it's that kind of thing. So it's gotten pretty bad for me too, I guess. Yeah. Well, wait, do I get to share? Oh no, you don't. Bethany, go ahead. I assumed you were fine. What's how bad has it gotten? Bethany? No, it's bad because I have started (laughs) a new job recently. I've only been there like two weeks and I really am not actively trying to just figure out everyone's type. I'm really not trying to do that. But I was having a conversation with a coworker yesterday and I've talked with this person quite a bit, like probably more than any of my other coworkers. And I was just sitting there like, and it just all clicked into place. And I was like, he is a nine. I am mm. so sure of it. And then I was like, dang it, I'm typing somebody already. So when you when you realize someone's a nine, do you also like brace yourself for realizing that they secretly hate you down the road? No, that never even would cross no. my mind. Oh, okay. Just I'm curious. pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that they like me. Cause I've okay. made them laugh quite a bit, so Good. And it was kind of hard to do, so I felt pretty proud of myself. (laughs) Nice. Look at you. I'm married to a nine. I didn't realize they hated people. Well, that's not They don't either. That's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just disappear, and you're like, what happened? Yes, they do. So um, this season, we're talking a lot about what it is to be in stress. Um, And so we wanted to talk a little bit about, as a two, what it is like to be in stress, both sort of in your growth, in your stress number, but also just sort of in general, what are the, what are the ways that twos cope with stressful or crisis oriented Mm -hmm. situations? Um, so Amanda, what's your first thought? Well, one thing that was really helpful for me is to have a friend who loves the Enneagram tell me that me going into my stress number is not like, um, something to be ashamed of Mm -hmm. because it can be protective. And the stress number for two is, is what again? Is an eight. Eight, right. Okay. So when I find myself getting super abrasive and defensive for myself or for other people, I try to step back and see that and ask, okay, why am I feeling drawn into eight right now? Which, Mm -hmm. you know, is this, is this a defense mechanism or is this a pride thing? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, my dad and I have a really contentious relationship. Um, that sounds way more dramatic than it needed to be. We just clashed. We love each other. <laughs> he just he just, uh, he just just turned off the podcast and a solitary tear ran down his Oh, gosh. Face. <laughs> yeah, I, I make him cry a lot. So oh, that geez. sounds really bad, too. Do you really? Yeah, that sounds... Well, my dad is, like, untypable, and it's really frustrating. And you just are, no it makes you furious. No one's Amanda. <laughs> dad, figure out your freaking type, Dad. Yes. So I can't figure out figure him out so that I can employ the Enneagram to be hmm. a better daughter. Yeah. So it just makes, I just, like, confront him constantly. Like, today, <laughs> he was helping me at my house, and one of my kids flushed a paper towel and it clogged up the toilet. I've made it eight years without having to call a plumber because of my kids. Yeah. Wow. Till today. That's impressive. And I, this, the way that I felt like he said I needed to call a plumber, it made me feel like crap. And so mm. I was like, 
You don't have to say it like that. <laughs> dad. <laughs> dad. Oh my god. You're not the boss of me. You're yeah, not my talk- dad, dad. I literally <laughs> said, why can't you talk to me like a peer? <laughs> mm. so, he's like, let's think about this for a minute. Yeah. Um, so he definitely draws me into eight. But I he's I feel like he's untypable because I think he and I are so much alike. But then he does something that's like super six. Like super hmm. six. Mm-hmm. And twos and sixes have no relation at all to my Yeah, but they have a lot in common. Like a lot of similarity similarities. Twos and sixes are both in the dependent stance. Say more about that, Bethany. Well, I was trying to explain it to someone else the other day, and I don't know that I can explain it very well. But Suzanne <laughs> okay. Stabile talks about them a lot. The, so here are the stances. One, two, and six are in the dependent stance. Four, five, and nine are in the withdrawing stance. Three, mm, seven, yeah. and eight are in the aggressive stance. Now it makes sense. And yes, now, it does. And I know that orientation to time has to do with your stance too so the dependent stance are oriented to the present the withdrawing stance are past oriented and the aggressive yeah. stance are future oriented oh my gosh this is changing my life why is the enneagram <laughs> so amazing but as far as like the nitty-gritty of like me being in the dependent stance with sixes and ones what does that necessarily mean you i don't, don't know that i could explain that okay but well yeah. so here's the thing about my dad he's never going to listen to this so i feel like i can talk about him he, oh boy <laughs> he's a refugee mm-hmm. and when he was um 9 years old my grandfather was blacklisted in cuba and so they fled um and i mean escaped pretty narrowly it was a pretty dramatic escape story and so hmm. he understandably like has like six all over him because of the fear mm-hmm. yep. like always wanting to be prepared and mm-hmm. um and but but the thing is he doesn't have a lot of other six traits um that i can see like my mom what? is like, definitely a six what do you what do you what do you think should be six traits yeah Oh, put me on the spot. Very loyal. (laughs) Yeah, Um, okay. I mean, he is, on the other hand, he is pretty loyal. He has the same best friend as he did, like, in high school. Yeah, I bet he's just, like... counterphobic six? Yeah, I was going to say, I bet he's just a counterphobic six. Some of those more, like, aggressive or abrasive kind of tendencies... Maybe he's counterphobic? Maybe he's, like, always testing people? I don't know if this is somehow like a, a bad thing to say, but I, I'll put a lot of like weasel words around it. In my experience, a lot of um, immigrants and refugees seem to tend to have six qualities. Yes. Like that is a very yeah. real thing I've noticed. Yes. Um, like and and if you think of like the the sort of I don't know if stereotype is the right word but like the, what tends to like when you think of immigrant parents and stuff and the tendencies mm-hmm. they have it's like mm-hmm. they care about your well being and security, security. and yeah. and comfort well comfort maybe not but like they they can be very they can appear very mean because they're trying to take care of you mm-hmm. you know yeah um. Which is interesting. Yeah, and and so that's why I've been kind of torn about is he a six because I can see uh, being an immigrant bringing out the six in pretty much anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But he also is yeah. um, like very generous and very self-giving but expecting things in return. <laughs> so yep. then he could be a two. So, yeah. Yeah. This is a very two thing that just happened, which is that we asked you about what you're like in stress, and then we just ended up talking <laughs> about someone else. So true. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. She yells at her dad and then talks we about him. We are, yeah. 
We do that well. Take the attention uh, off of ourselves. <laughs> no kidding. Let's talk about um, how each type, I don't have a segment name for this. Amanda, maybe you want to name it. But we're going to talk about how each type uh, thinks about their body, the struggles they have with their bodies. Because you have written and talked about this so much, struggles that each type has with their body and the truths that maybe they could lean into to help with that. Yeah. So, so I, a possible title, which I hate the word bod on its own, but I feel like any a bod might <laughs> any be. Any a bod. Any a bod. I love it. <laughs> it's an any a sling and a segment title. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk any a bods is okay. the name of this segment. So as I was thinking about how the activism work I do about bodies interacts with all the numbers. I came up with lies that I think each type could be more prone to. I think all mm -hmm. of these are going to sound like, yeah, I've dealt with that before, but it's rooted in something connected to the number that they might be more prone to. So ones who are concerned about perfection um, mm -hmm. think my body needs to be flawless and like get caught up on some sort of perfection, whether it be... The food I eat needs to be flawless, like I need to eat exactly yeah. right, or my, you know, my face can't have any blemishes on it. There's no room for, uh, quote, flaws. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the truth that I would lean into, if that is something that I am tempted towards, would be that the purpose of my body isn't flawlessness, it's relationship. Hmm. So when I feel myself as a two, even getting drawn into that one wing of need for perfection, um, I have to remind myself, it's not even the point. Like flawlessness is, is definitely not the point for my body. It's relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> do you just want me to go through the list and y'all interject or what would you like? Yeah, me to we'll, we'll yeah, interject. I, I could think. add I something for once. Go, go for it. Um, I was thinking because ones are so driven by like following rules and like mm -hmm. doing, you know, what they think is right and correct. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're trying to follow the rules of diet culture, they abound yeah. and they are, they also contradict each other. So you mm -hmm. could, you know, pick any diet and it has all these rules to follow. And so mm -hmm. I could see, you know, really anyone, but maybe particularly ones getting lost in what are the rules and they're always changing and what's, what's the right way to eat. And, yep. um, I, I don't know necessarily the truth to combat that, but yeah, I think the truth that combats that is, um, do we can, do we think about how we take in oxygen? Like, do yeah. we measure how we breathe? Mm -hmm. Um, and we do sometimes, right? If we've been in the hospital or if we're dealing with some sort of specific lung thing, we do, but mm -hmm. we don't obsess over our breathing. So mm -hmm. there aren't mm -hmm. rules for how I need to breathe. Let's just take it easy and eat that way. Like mm -hmm. learn to listen to our bodies and getting rid of rules is really important. And if yeah. someone is struggling with an eating disorder or disorder eating, cutting, uh, getting rid of diet rules is really valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we really quick before we go through all of this, like I think, um, clarifying our own relationships with, with this subject might mm -hmm. be helpful, Bethany, if you're comfortable with that. Sure. Um, because I, I feel like I need to say, I don't think about this stuff very much. Um, okay. I suspect as we go into it, I might recognize some of these things. Like, I have never really, to be totally frank, I've never struggled with body image because it hasn't been a, much of an issue for me. It's, it's easy for me to look in a way that just looks what most people think of as normal, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't gain weight. have a conventional weight. body, right? Right. I think so. I, though, though at, there are times like lately, 
<laughs> as I get older, as I get older, I start noticing th- odd things about myself. And it's becoming a little bit more of an issue, which is why I'm particularly interested in it. I can feel it becoming a thing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I have this relationship with eating and food, I think, that that probably would stand to, to be analyzed. Um, because I... I don't know. Sometimes I just go a little nuts, you know, with like weird. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm interested in the. <laughs> I'm interested in the subject because I want to know like what is um, what it, what would be a typical for me as a four and like, yeah, what is the truth mm-hmm. versus what is the lie? I just literally have not talked about this at all with anyone, yeah. anyone, yeah. or thought about it at all. So I'm interested. Yeah. That's awesome. I have thought a lot about this subject. I kind of like, cause there's just a whole movement like going on about like yeah. fat liberation and health at every size and anti diets and, um, and body image and all of those things. And, um, I, I don't know necessarily how, but I just got really interested in it. And I have been on a journey with it, which I also haven't really talked about, (laughs) but, um, Bethany, I I wonder, do you feel weird talking about it? Cause I did. I do just because I've talked about it um, a tiny, tiny bit publicly, like in tweets. Like yeah, I've made yeah. it known that I I'm against diet culture and certain um, ideals of body image and things. And I've talked about it with very close friends. But the thing for it's me just, it's, is that I have had health issues that has Mm. that have changed my body size and so dealing with i mean i may as well just (laughs) get into it Mm -hmm. um i i've been very sick and Mm -hmm. i've lost a lot of weight and then people have just complimented me and i've had a really hard time with that because i'm like no you don't understand I'm, I'm sick and I'm miserable and, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've dealt with. I I think the, the thing that, that hits me as we're like stuttering through our personal experiences (laughs) with this is, is there's something like we talk a lot about a lot of personal things on this podcast, Bethany. Yeah. There's something about this subject that feels really personal. Amanda, do you have any insight into why that is? Yeah, it's um, the morality that we've attached to body size and food that Mm. assumes we have a cultural assumption of health that's Mm. related to body size. Um, It's just, it's the, it's the water we swim in Mm -hmm. is that the thinner you are, the healthier you are. And that if you were morally upstanding with self-control you would not have a problem with weight mm-hmm. so which i don't have a problem with weight but i am not that <laughs> i am yeah. not morally upstanding with self-control in the least yeah and and that's some like self-control i think is something that well obviously it's a good thing that we value as christians especially but it's viewed in a certain way with food and stuff where that is the it's put on a pedestal like if you can just eat one cookie instead of two or three or four you're like a better person and that's not that's just not true but that's the way that we think and the sad part about it is that the psychology and the biology do not line up with our cultural understandings of self-control. If you say, I am not going to eat any cookies, you tell your brain you're going to deprive yourself of that, that's Mm -hmm. all that your brain can think about. 
And if you start depriving right. yourself of calories, your brain thinks you're about to be in a famine. So anytime it sees food, it will say, we need to store up. And so mm -hmm. the way that you deal with that is to give yourself full permission to eat whatever you want, whenever mm -hmm. you want it. Now, some people say, well, that sounds like gluttony. And, um, you know, the seven on the Enneagram, I believe, is mm -hmm. the sin for that is gluttony, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the yep. thing that we don't understand about gluttony is that it actually doesn't really have anything to do with food. It's consumption that harms our neighbor. Mm -hmm. And Nicole Morgan, my podcast co-host on the Fat and Faithful podcast, talks about this in her book. And um, she may have written an article about it, but that consumption that harms our neighbor is condemned in the scriptures. Um, I'm thinking about, there's some talk about Sodom and Gomorrah um, and how they ate a lot of meat, but it wasn't the meat that was the problem. It was that the poor were being oppressed. Like we can't just mm -hmm. look at the passages where it says, mm -hmm. you know, it's that you are feasting on the backs of people not being able to have what they need. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a modern yeah, example yeah. would be like, and this is not to condemn anyone drinking almond milk, but to consider how, how we impact the climate with our devotion to almonds, um, you know, is that could, could our obsession with not drinking dairy actually be feeding into what we're trying to avoid? I, I, I think there's like Jennifer and I were talking about this yesterday because we just saw Parasite, okay. <laughs> which is which is a movie about what um, how capitalism society capitalist society is essentially like forces us to uh, indulge like there's a mm -hmm. momentum that happens when we start consuming things we start becoming used to things and we start wanting more and we what we don't think about is the way that ripples out. Um, and affects everyone yeah. else, even though we think we're 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 it almost in fact because we're so focused on ourselves and our own family, um, what we do and what we consume actually inf affects um, everyone else in sort of drastically, increasingly drastic, mm -hmm. negative ways. Yeah, I agree. Well, so okay, let's go yeah. to two then. This feels like a good uh, a good. Yeah, transition. Transition into two. So the lie that I am drawn into as a two is that my body exists solely for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. And so I mm. will push it and push it and push mm. it and push it. Um, instead of the truth I need to lean into is that my body deserves care and attention for its own sake. What's an example of how a two will push their body for others? Um... Thinking back to college for me, I, if any friend of mine was in crisis, anytime, day or night, <laughs> I would be there. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it affected, I, I made a conscious choice. This person is more important than my sleep. <clears throat> and yeah. you oh, can do that gosh, maybe like. I did that in college too. <laughs> yeah, and if you do it occasionally, <laughs> that's understandable. Like, that's part of being in a relationship. But I kept finding all these people who had crises late at night. Mm -hmm. And um, sleep for my mental health is a really big deal. So learning that the Lord will care for the people in crisis, that I am unable to answer their phone calls in the middle of the night. That's an mm -hmm. example for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. What's the, what about three? Three. So achieving that I have to prove the worth of my body through achievement. Marathoners. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> marathons, marathons are so bad for your body and people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're, they're so rough on your body. <laughs> hmm. This is going to be a controversial episode, but I like it. It is. But I mean, I agree. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, because if I did a marathon, a marathon, I would die. die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he ran 26.2 miles and then he died. Mm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. how far can we push the human body to show off? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think there's a place for exhibition. Um, I love yeah. watching gymnastics and, you know, weightlifting. And those are cool. And... Um, possibly harmful. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the the truth to combat the lie that I have to prove my worth or achieve is that my today body is worthy and I do not have to perform to earn approval. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting because I, th- I do think like uh, cool but probably harmful is definitely a category of things I think w- that are within the realm of things we can do, right? Like mm-hmm. it's probably fine for us to do things that are cool, but probably harmful. But there is, it's when you get into those cultural expectations that you talk about, Amanda, yeah. where you get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't um, not do it or you don't have words yeah. in your own eyes, that's a problem. Yeah, totally. Okay, Richard, let's see if what I came up for four Ugh. hits you in the gut. I'm so excited about this. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. The life of the four is that my body only matters for me. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and if you're in pain or if you're struggling in your body, that you're completely alone and nobody understands what you're going through. Yes. Those are both dead on. My wife is going to relate too much to what you just said because <laughs> uh, she sees the impact. It's like I can sit here and eat an entire vat of jalapeno cheese dip and no <laughs> one can say a thing about it. doesn't matter who it's affecting. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever, I don't know what, how they even make this stuff. I do not want to know. And uh, also, and like just the fact of like, you know, Bethany, we've talked about this, but like, uh, why have we, our listeners are going to be like so weirded out by this, but we've talked about IBS before. Oh yeah. <laughs> and t- like, I'm open about it. I guess we, yeah. So we've talked about that and like, I am, I'm fine with taking a crap all day long the next day after eating that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, my wife has to like handle the kids and responsibilities and stuff. Right. It's, it's a, it's a thing that, um, you know, we are completely free to eat what we want, We do, but we do have to think about how it's going to make our bodies feel. And that's not any shame thing. I have, some IBS tendencies too. And I just like when I'm eating part of intuitive eating is I'm going to decide, okay, I really want another serving of curry. Do I have to be anywhere? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Every day. <laughs> my decisions. Yep. Yeah. Right. No, that's really so good, if- man. Mm, that's good. That okay. Good. So the truth to lean into Richard is that, um, <clears throat> My body connects me to others. The purpose of my body is relationship. Mm -hmm. And my weaknesses tether me to others. Hmm. Yeah. And that is a good thing. We all have IBS. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what we're all friends now. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Let's go to five. Five. Facts about bodies matter more than relationships. Mm. So I have to know what's happening. I have to know what's happening. I need answers. Um, I need to have these metrics just to know for my own sake, right? Yeah. Um, that data is way easier than feeling when it comes to your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having an answer for how you're feeling, like a scientific explanation versus sitting in that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to ignore what your body is trying to say to you through emotions. And the truth to lean into as a five is that data cannot be a substitute for feeling and being honest about our bodies and how they feel to us. I think Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of five wing influence there as well, because I, uh, I love like data, like, like Mm -hmm. stuff that tells me, how I slept. Like I have an app that tells me how I slept Mm -hmm. the night before. And it's like the Bible to me. It's like this, I can't (laughs) feel bad. I had a 95% sleep score. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. I think fives could maybe believe the lie that like 
I don't have to live in my body. Like I can just live in my mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. and just <clears throat> ignore That's the really body good. completely. Yeah. Um, and you could try that, but <laughs> it won't, it won't work for very long. We have to pay attention to our bodies and pay attention yeah. to what they're telling us and what they need. Right. To quote James K.A. Smith is we are not brains on sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if that we were though, you know, <laughs> that would suck. Richard. <laughs> I know that would suck. Yeah. It would look so cool. It would look like a death metal album cover cover. <laughs> brains on sticks. <laughs> For the six in your life, approaching everything about your body with fear, Mm. whether that's fear of today or fear of the future. Hmm. I talk to a lot of people who are like, oh, but I'm doing this so that I don't die young. Mm. Or I I have to maintain this certain level of, quote, health Hmm. so that nothing bad happens to me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then that's the one we have to have the conversation that bad things happen to people of all kinds, sizes, abilities of bodies. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little like, bit about how that goes off the rails? Like, because like, some of that feels to me like, why not? You know, um, you know, okay. take an extra vitamin or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Okay. So an undisclosed person <laughs> that I know, <laughs> um, when, when your fear gets in the way of your ability to love your neighbor mm. as yourself. Mm-hmm. So, And that's something to be discerned prayerfully, right? So if you want to buy vitamins, um, please do. But if you're spending several hundred dollars a month on vitamins, sure, yeah, um, that may not be the best use of your money, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Unless you have a specific, you know, medical need, Um, or I, I struggle. I'm not a six, but I struggle with a lot of fear. and I think eating disorders prey on the sense of need for control over your body. Mm-hmm. Bodies do need plans, right? We have a, a body plan of waking up, we feed our body multiple times a day. We go to the bathroom. We have plans for that, especially when we have tender bowels. <laughs> 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 but the body is also a mystery, Weight science is still figuring things out about how bodies work, not just weight science, it's science. And so we think that we have way more control over the size of our body than we actually mm-hmm. do. Yeah. A lot of it is genetic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> A lot of it is um, class. A lot of it is um, based on social oppression. Mm-hmm. And so we have to recognize, I think the sixes need to remember that it's good to have plans, but we can also embrace the mystery of our body. Mm, Mm. That's good. All right. How about seven? Okay. Seven, I think can tend to resent the limitations of their bodies. Hmm. I really want to go run this marathon, but I have bad knees or, you know, skydiving, but I have, like anxiety or whatever. Um, honoring the bodies, our body's limits mm-hmm. is a really important thing to remember. Some limits are to be grieved mm-hmm. um, and also valued. Like, oh, I have a foot issue that makes walking long distances impossible for me. And I can grieve that and honor that at the same time. Ugh, I wish I could walk farther, but I'm going to make sure there are places to sit. And I'm also going to agree that I can't just go like I want to. Okay, eight. I think a lot of eights can tend to struggle with the lie that they are too much in their body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have an internal bully that sounds a lot like you are too much. Um, You need to make yourself smaller. Mm -hmm. Don't, Don't express the true you because eights... You're just too intense, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a lie that um, is easy for an eight to believe if they've been told that by other people. 
And then eight needs to lean into the reality that we need to speak to our bodies with kindness. But more than that, we are not too much. Your body is not too much. Yeah. And taking up the space that you need to, whether that's in your personality or in your body, Mm -hmm. that is important. I also think another lie that eights believe is that they can't bust through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) (laughs) That they can't or that they can? They cannot. Well, that's the lie they believe is that they can. But I'm saying, guys, you can't do that. You can't do that, okay? You can't. Walls are real hard. I disagree. I think they can. I don't know how to feel about this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What about nine? Um, So nines can believe that their body doesn't matter. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in a similar way that a five can, like live in their, instead of living in the facts in their brains, they can live in their inner sanctum. Um. And just pretend like nothing's nothing bad is happening, nothing good is happening. I'm just here protecting my inner sanctum. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I and nine needs to know that the greatest gift you can give someone that you care about is your engaged presence in your today body. Hmm. Like I don't need you to to do anything. You don't have to solve any of my problems if you can just be with me. Mm-hmm. In your today body, like that's a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. That was great, Amanda. That was great. Yeah, thank you. I have very little time left, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a very, very, very quick version of bleep you any a thought, and then we're gonna go into life advice, and that's gonna be fairly quick too. But I, I want to give that more time than bleep you any a thought. So <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> our next segment is called bleep you any a thought. Bleep you any. Thought you think you know me, but you don't. <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, here is my one. I'm just gonna read it, and we're gonna roll our eyes and move on. Most okay. people, most people think they have more good qualities than they actually embody. See how self-expression, emotional honesty, and intuition actually show up in your life today. <sighs> Whatever. (laughs) Now I'm paranoid that I don't actually embody all the good qualities I thought I did. (laughs) Um, So that's a bummer. Okay. (laughs) Amanda Beck. We like to, at the end of our program, give um, life advice through the lens of the Enneagram for whatever you need help with. So why don't you let us know um, what you need help with. You're the only one who gets to share a bleep you any thought? Yeah, we. <laughs> I just Rude. don't have time. Unless you want to do that instead of life advice. Well, let's see, Amanda. Do you have anything that you would like to ask life advice on? I don't think we even told you to prepare that. No, I. I. I mean, how not to make the conversation about my parents? Mm. <laughs> you asked me about That's myself. Good. That's good. <laughs> should we talk about? Should we talk about that, Bethany? Sure. Okay, so um, here's what you do. <laughs> Get a big vat of jalapeno cheese. <laughs> and tell yourself, I, this is for me and no one else. <laughs> I truly don't know how, how to answer that because I do the same thing too. I just start thinking about other people. So When people ask you... About me. Wait, when what happened? about you you start thinking about other people yeah because how they make me feel makes me uncomfortable so i'm gonna talk about them instead and particularly with the stress question probably 99 percent of what makes us stressed is relationship related Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense so i don't know and when you but when you get stressed you go to eights Mm mm-hmm so and then I just take my anger out on other people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a way to channel that, like you know, um, 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 Beth McCord style. Maybe there's a way to flip that into a positive, you know, um, positive version of that stress number. So maybe, 
Maybe it, maybe the key is like focusing that on yourself instead of other people or like on mm. what you're, the action you're trying to make happen. Do you bleep yeah. this podcast? Do we what? Do you bleep it? We can. <laughs> I mean, Richard can. He edits it, so. I Are just, you about to say what I said was bull****? Is that what's about to happen? <laughs> no, what I'm saying, I'm trying to embrace the question. Like, when I am pulled into stress by another person, mm-hmm. I just want to be like, shut the <laughs> up. Let me tell you what the problem is. Yeah. I feel but that. I don't say that because I'm a good little Catholic girl. I, I oh, I know. say, I know how to solve all your problems if you would just shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, stop being <laughs> such a jerk and I will solve all your problems. Yeah. yeah. This has been No Chill Enneagram. It is hosted and produced by me, Richard Clark, and Bethany Perkins. Theme music is 80s disco pop by Cinematic Alex. Our amazing logo and most of our awesome Instagram illustrations are by Matt Metcalf. If you're highly integrated, consider supporting our Patreon. You have the bandwidth, and we think you'll love all of our extra bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash no chill podcast to join if you're moderately integrated hang in there you got this just leave us a review in apple podcasts and then tell your friends about us so others can join you on your enneagram journey if you're not integrated at all we're sorry you're probably that way because of all the time you spend on social media so just follow us on instagram at no chill enneagram or twitter at no chill enneapod This is an area code podcast.